We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run, always chasing, never stopping. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing really good. Thank you, Patrick. We're going to do Hopper Talk today. Hopper Talk is uh, when I go to the internet and pull out mostly random questions, things that we don't often talk about, though, uh, as the first one is certainly one uh, in, in our wheelhouse. Um, and usually I just go to Reddit, find some fun questions, and then we kind of bounce back and forth, see where our answers align or differ. Um, the first one, however, is actually from a listener I think they meant it as a two-minute drill, but I thought it'd be fun mm. as a hopper talk. Cool. So we'll just dive right into it. What are two ways you would make the CrossFit season better? I'll let you go first. The first one would be to bring back regionals. Mm. So regionals, semifinals are kind of taking the place of regionals, and they're essentially the same format, except that semifinal um, or event organizers can do whatever program they want. Yep. So bye-bye world records. That was amazing. It's so cool, it's cool to see. So you can compare athletes across regions. And then the biggest miss with semifinals is they send athletes all over the country to participate in these. So because of that, their support teams don't go with them. Mm -hmm. So there's no fans at these things. Mm -hmm. There's no fans at semifinals. Mm -hmm. I've been to a lot of them. Yep. And regionals, that was not the case. Regionals Regionals was awesome. Regionals was slammed. Yeah, it was like an event. Yep. Because for us living in Boston, our regional was in Albany. Yep. And we would... our our. We could, they could day trip that. Yep. It's a two and a half hour drive. So people could go there, but they wouldn't. They would go there. It would be this big thing. But now our athletes go to Tennessee and all, all places all over the country. And they're, our, our members aren't yep. going to go to Tennessee yep. for a day. And Cole's fans aren't going to show up at whatever exactly he right. happens to get to. Yeah. yeah. So that'd be the first one. Um, the second one would be somehow get back to the team competition is a team competition, and that's not what it's called. It's called the Affiliate Cup. Mm. Somehow get back to what is, you know, when we did it, not to pat our back, but when we won, <laughs> yeah. it was who has the fittest gym in yeah. the world. Yeah, And somehow get back to that. Yeah. I don't know how you do it, but that would be my thing, is like create the Affiliate Cup to be the Affiliate Cup and go back to regionals. Interesting, yeah. It has like, it's slowly evolved away from the Affiliate and now as team. Yeah. You're right. I hadn't even thought about that, but you're right. Um, for me, the, the question that, or the, the thing I think about when I saw, see this question is the word better. Cause I think that's really important. Anytime you talk about something like, let's make that thing better. You've got to figure out, well, how are you defining better and how am I defining it? Um, because otherwise we're just talking about different things we're, and we'll, we'll, we're not having a conversation. We're just talking at, at each other. So for me, when I look at that question, it's like, okay, two ways to make CrossFit season better. Well, what, how, what better in what way? And to me as a spectator, which is the only kind of, that's like who I, that's where I am now uh, for the most part. And you're, you're different athletes will be different as a spectator. When I look at the CrossFit games, the thing that I wish was better was I wish that Sunday at the CrossFit games was more interesting in the sense of almost from the start of this sport, we've known almost without a doubt who was going to win. It was just a matter of like, let's see how many workouts it takes before that person. So it was always rich for however many years. So there's no it upsets. was Matt. There was always Tia. There was a, there was a period when the female yeah. field was like really competitive, but even then it was like uh, Chris clever and then Annie. Yeah. And then we had a few years of like, you know, Camille and like, there was a few interesting mm-hmm. years and then Tia and all credit to them. They're, they're amazing. Um, but as a spectator, 
it's boring to know, all right, well, I guess this is the time that Matt Fraser starts winning. This is when Tia starts. And then because of how the points roll out, no, nobody's going to catch Tia. So now it's just a race for second, which is not interesting. And so if I look at that as the thing that like, I wish it was better in that regard, two things pop into my mind. One is broaden the season out so that it looks and feels like golf does where there's like three or four majors that you can score points at, you can do whatever at, and there's no one single event. And maybe there are big events and then there are smaller events, but there's a way to accumulate points throughout a season so that there's a race across in the, in that form. And it's not just a four-day race and whoever shows up and then it's every kind of like first place and everybody else gets to try to fight for a second. And then the second thing in there that I think would also have something to do with this is to change the venues or the like literally the climate or the change enough so that different kinds of athletes can show what they're made of. In other words, athletes who are good when it's 30 degrees and not 90 degrees. Mm -hmm. I genuinely think that those are different athletes, right? And so just things like that, changing the location, changing the time of the year, changing the overall format to give a broader, a more diverse set of athletes, a, a, a broader, uh, uh, format to, 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 to win or to get points or however that's set up so that, and maybe everybody comes in with a certain number of points in the games and the games is still like where you crown the champion, but like maybe you've had a chance to make some headway, build some momentum going into that games so that the event itself is more interesting. That's my answer. Next question. What is the one problem you want to be known for helping to solve? You go first. I think, so this actually, this is another not super random question. This is from Don, Donald Miller, who wrote uh, Building a Story Brand. Um, and he runs a company called Business Made Simple, which in my little experience is really good. So folks, if you want to check that out. Um, what's the one problem you want to be known for helping to solve? I think, I think that question can feel really grandiose, like, oh, I'm the person who solved that. And so that's a little weird to me. But if I were to really like, if if I take that question and think, okay, like, when somebody who knows me thinks about me, like what is the problem they think about me in terms of like, how have I helped? Right. And so for me, I think what has fired me up for many, many years and hopefully will continue for many, many years after is helping people help people get healthy. Like I'm like, I don't train people. I don't, I don't, but I, in almost everything that I do, I try to put myself in a position where I can help people who are, practically helping other people get healthy, whether they're coaches, whether they run gyms, this podcast is an example. My podcast, my podcast with EC is an example. That to me is uh, uh, worthy work and work that I've always found really a lot of value in and work that I hope to continue to do. I think my answer is very, no, not surprising, going to be very similar. I would just um, put health underneath an umbrella of living their best lives mm -hmm. and health is a huge aspect of that. Yep. So what I really want people to do is live full lives of purpose and passion to where they, you know, I, I say this a lot, but when they get to the end of their life, no matter when that comes, they go, I'm really glad that that's how I spent my time yep. and call that fulfillment, call that uh, joy, call that a life of purpose I want to help people identify what that looks like and then um, put that plan into action. Mm -hmm. 
Not defer it. And not not live... Yes, deferred is a really good word. Yeah. Yeah, not just like go through the motions of whatever. I'll, I'll get to that when I f- check these seven boxes. If they even know that, yeah. get to that, if yeah. they know what that is. Yeah. Most people are just like, this is what I think I should be doing. This is what, or there's not even a question at all. Yeah. Love it. Next question. What are we living in the golden age of? Okay, so... <clears throat> I actually think a golden age is, um, so a golden age to me, it's, it's different than a heyday or maybe it's the same thing. Mm. Heyday is like, what's the, the peak, yep. right? So it means that it's going to come back down yep. and a, uh, a golden age, a golden age to me is just like a, a time of complete prosperity and peace. Mm-hmm. And that's what like, it's like, that was an amazing, beautiful time to be alive. So uh, I don't, well, thinking about this, I think we're in a little bit of both actually, mm-hmm. which is so, here's my, here's my answer to this. And I don't think it's a, it's, it is a positive and negative spin to this. I think we're in the, the heyday of misinformation mm. because we are actually in a golden age. <laughs> so if you think of what a golden age is of peace and prosperity, well, if you were to ask the most people about what do you think about the world right now, there's so much cynicism. Mm-hmm. And I, I came across this recently, but only 6% of uh, people living in London believe that the future is going to be better than the past. Mm. And only 9% of Americans. This is America, the land of the free, mm-hmm. Amer- land of the opportunity. Only 9% feel like the future should be better than mm-hmm. the present. Mm-hmm. So that's to me is massive misinformation. And what happens is with more prosperity, you have more, the immediate needs of human beings are being met. Mm -hmm. Just as early as 1980, something like 70% I think I'll take that back. I think it was nine out of 10, 90% of um, China was below the, the poverty line. Yeah. Now it's like almost completely, it's, it's the majority of people. So that's a like huge percentage shift. Mm-hmm. In the 60s, most people on planet Earth didn't have access to clean drinking water. Mm-hmm. Now it's a single digit. Like it went from the majority of people to a single digit. But if you ask people, they wouldn't say that. Well, it's because there's more awareness about these things. And that's what it is. With all this information, people are more aware of the plights of other people. And people actually have the, if you're at war, people are not worried about the clean drinking water in Africa. Mm -hmm. But we're not. And if people are fighting for their own survival, they're not worried about the child labor laws in China. But Mm -hmm. we're not. So we have so much of this. We're in a golden age, Mm -hmm. which allows us to focus on these other things. So if we were in a heyday, to me, it's the heyday of misinformation. Mm -hmm. There is so much information out there right now that's being skewed for a variety of reasons. And one of those things that's not being interpreted well is how much... um, I'm going to blank on the name. There's a Harvard professor right now that talks about this. Um, it's on the tip of my tongue. Pinkerton? 
Um, what's what? Uh, Enlightenment Now. Yep. Enlightenment Now is the book. Pinker or Pinkerton? I yeah. No, uh, I we'll think you're thinking of Daniel Pink and Pinkerton. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's Pinkerton. But you're you're close. Who basically talks about like never in the history of the world have we seen this stretch of time of peace. Mm-hmm. Yet if you talk to us, like war and atrocity is all over the place. There, I'm gonna say it again. This is the most peaceful time with the least amount of war in the history of humanity. Mm-hmm. That is not the normal gist you get from most people. They would think the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's where we are in the the heyday slash golden age of. That's really funny because I actually, my answer is similar uh, in that I think we're in a, and, and it's only if you look at golden age, because I try, I tried to think about like something really positive. Like what are we in the golden age in? That's But what I kept coming back to is like, we're, we're actually in the golden age of noise. Mm. Um, oh my gosh. That's like, I would take that. Yeah, it's a great answer. It's it's very similar to what you're saying. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit maybe broader than specifically. Yeah. But we just like if you think about distraction, the, just the amount of noise and clutter and distraction and abundance of things that steal our attention and mm-hmm. and trigger us and create emotional reactions. We are not equipped nearly for what we what happens when we wake up in the morning. We are not equipped for it. We are not built for it. We have never been taught how to how to look at it. We've never been taught how to um organize our lives so that it doesn't overwhelm us. Like we we are ill equipped for the amount of noise that we walk through our day fending off and fighting and sometimes just succumbing to. Um and so I think about like okay to, to put a positive spin on it or think about it positively. I do think we're in the golden age of noise, but I also think that within us structurally is a degree of self-preservation. And I think we will, in some form or fashion, we will realize that the noise is not serving us and we will slowly, or maybe it's a generational thing or like yeah. our kids are going to grow up. We're going to realize that this is not serving us or not, right. not moving us in so a this direction. will be the peak. Exactly. You know what this else might be the peak of? The, the heyday is right. Because it's so funny. Like, I, I, I can't think of what we're in the heyday of something positive other than like prosperity and peace, yeah. which is why I kind of went that way. Yeah. But if you were to pull in some of the negatives, I would also say that we are in the, the heyday of um, destructive environmentalism. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing. Like, we would just like, but we are getting to the point where we're not going to stand for that and we will adapt and we will be better. And I think we're going to look back in history and go like, I can't believe what was happening at that time and how unaware they were and how far they let it go, but good for them for cleaning it up and figuring it out. And same thing with all the technology and the distraction, the noise. Yeah. So I think that that's, um, you know, I think that that's it. I think that, I think that the, (laughs) I think if we actually were to take a step back and like we were just able to watch ourselves go through the world and we would just be shocked that we're just not all just, just that we get out of bed at all, <laughs> right? With the amount of noise out there. So, um, so yeah, so that's my, not super positive, but we'll go with it. All right, we're gonna do one more. We're gonna do, what is the single most liberating thought you've ever had? Your first on this one. I in I actually looked this up because I was, I was trying to figure out the date in about t- 2007 2008. So right as we were starting again faster, right as CrossFit was happening, I decided that 
I I needed a break, and so I drove my and my parents had this little white pickup truck, and I took it from them, and I, I said I'm driving to Canada, and so I drove up to Nova Scotia, and I drove around Nova Scotia for ten days, twelve days, something like that, and I didn't really have a purpose. I didn't know anybody up there. I had very distant family that I like I met and said hi to, um, but I didn't really have a purpose. Really looking back on it, like I was I was just pretty unhappy, just generally speaking, I was just unhappy. Um, and I, it was one of those things that it felt like I need to get away from the world and then I'll be able to figure out, figure myself out. And so I drove around this silly little white pickup truck and I camped and I stayed at strangers houses and it was fine. It, but I absolutely literally strangers, strangers. I met them. Like they were like distant third cousins okay. of mine. Yeah, yeah. And like, I, it's not like, not like I knocked on someone at the door. gas station. Like, Hey, what are you no, doing? They were like, strangers. In the sense of I never, until I came yeah, there. Okay. I never actually spent any time with her, met them. But my point is I did this driving and, and obviously solved zero problems because that's not how you solve problems. But I remember sitting in a bench looking out of the ocean. And this was like, again, this is like a week and a half, maybe two weeks in, um, with no real purpose of like, I don't know when I'm going, coming back home. I remember sitting there on the bench and, and having the thought, you know, your life's not that bad. <laughs> What are you running from? Like, what do you, what is, why are you so unhappy? There's, you can't point to anything that makes you unhappy. And I sat there and I just thought, fuck yeah, that's right. <laughs> like I, how cool is that? And I remember, and I, I remember I was like, okay, I'm done. I got back in the truck and I drove, it was like 10 or 12 hours from Nova Scotia back down to my parents straight. Just was like, I'm done. I just want to be done with this car. I want to be done with this truck. I want to be done with this. I want to get back to life. And, um, I can't say that there are moments where I haven't kind of got myself back to a place of like not happy and whatever, but I I distinctly remember sitting on that bench and actually thinking like I should take a picture of that bench because mm. uh, it was it was like it was just that moment of clarity like oh yeah no okay cool let's go home now. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah. The most freeing thought that I've ever had came from a quote that I read from Eckhart Tolle. Mm -hmm. I've talked about this before on this podcast because it's the most, which is the universe will give you exactly what you need Mm. for the evolution of your consciousness. How do you know that's what you need? Because it's what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. That in and of itself like everything that happens that isn't exactly in line with the way I would want my day to unfold, I put it through that prism of like, it's happening for you, for you, mm. not to you, for you, not to you. Mm-hmm. This is happening for you right now. Take it. It's, it, it, the, it's, it. The universe is giving this to you so you can evolve. Mm-hmm. The universe thinks that you can handle it and this is what is best for you right now. So it's the tiniest little things, right? Mm-hmm. Like to the medium things, to the big things. But when something pops up and, you know, I'm I'm late for a meeting and I'm trying to squeeze a meal in as I'm, and I trip and spill my salad across the whole mm-hmm. floor. That's such a moment right there to get like frustrated, pissed, angry, whatever it is. 
But the universe is giving that to me right now so I can work on working through that Mm. emotion. Mm -hmm. It's saying, you need this right now. You need to work on your patience. You need to work on remaining calm in this. It's just such a freeing thing to realize these things are happening for you, for me, not to me. How how quickly does that like just use the use the salad as the example? Like how quickly do you expect or do you do you want? I mean, I know it's you want that thought yeah. soon, but like, what's a realistic time for you? Whether it's a small thing or a big thing, like it's all it- so it it depends on the it depends on the the magnitude of it, right? So the salad thing, it probably depends on how late I'm going to be, how big my <laughs> mess it is, how hungry I was, and all those things, right? Yep. But yep. Those things matter. Yep. So. I, I, those type of things though, I'm pretty good. Cause I just like immediately go to that yep. quote. The medium things are, um, you know, like I had a coworker that, um, yesterday said, do you have time tomorrow? I just, I, I'd like to talk to you about something. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. right. Like, the, <laughs> like right there, is that going to eat you up? Like for the whole, you got, this is something that happened. So you could work through not letting that eat you up for the next 24 hours. So we schedule an appointment for 24 hours later, literally. And what normally would happen if I didn't have that is like the universe gave you that and they purposely didn't tell you what the meeting was about so that you could work through this thing where your mind's going to storytell. And can you pull back from the storytelling that your mind wants to do with that? And then there's the bigger things, right? Which is um, one of your best employees says that they're leaving to go start their own business, which is now going to be a competitor of yours. Like that's a big, like, oh my God, like, okay, but that's happening Mm -hmm. right now for you to be able to evolve. That's what like we're all here on planet earth to do is to evolve everything, whether you're a plant, an octopus or a person, Mm -hmm. we are all here to try to evolve both physically mentally and as a entity as a being mm-hmm. as a but this is how we do it is the conscious this is for the evolution of your consciousness how your mind works mm-hmm. that's that's such a freeing thing mm. and it sometimes i'm good at it and sometimes i'm not <laughs> yeah Love but that. if i keep that as a backdrop it helps me work through it Yep. And I imagine that if you catch yourself spinning out of control, whatever that thing is, bringing yourself back to that question yeah. is, is yeah, calm is maybe not calming, but helpful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not necessarily like it's fate, right? It's not that it's not about like, um, optimism, like everything is, everything's good. It's not mm-hmm. that it's like, no, like sometimes the world would give you hard, challenging things that we want to label as bad because that's what you need to work through. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you don't need to understand the reasons why. That's a big thing. Don't try to figure out why you need to work through this. Mm. You just work through it. Mm-hmm. The The palm tree doesn't go, why am I in a tropical storm? It just works through the tropical storm on the other side of it. Love that. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you, everybody out there, for listening. Thank you for your ratings and your reviews. Ben and I will be back next week for another episode of Chasing Excellence. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.